All right, welcome to episode 11 of Guys Who Law. I'm Andrew Icebrook. And I'm Jesse Weber. And we break down the top legal stories of the week. And this week, I think we might have like the top legal stories of the year. Yeah, everybody's a legal analyst this week. Yeah. Everybody's a lawyer. Everybody wants to talk about it, what's happening in the news. It's taking over the news. Basically, we have Cohen and Manaforkgate happening all at once. Oh my the gosh. same day. Can you believe it? That, I think it was the same hour. It, I think I, it, it was the same hour, yeah. I remember my Twitter feed was blowing up and I couldn't believe it. I was, I, I was like, wait a minute, both are happening at the exact same time. It's Christmas in, April, in, Christmas in August. For who, you, for who you speak to. For guys who law, basically. So but we are going to talk about Cohen, we're going to talk about Manafort, how could we not, I mean, obviously, but we're going to take it from a different perspective. And uh, Andrew, we have a couple other things to talk about, don't we? Yeah, so quick update. Uh, our last episode, I believe it was our last episode, no, two episodes ago, yeah. we talked about Urban Meyer. Um, he was suspended as, as Ohio State's head coach. There was an update this week that the investigative committee of Ohio State came back with a decision. They were deciding what they were going to do um, after they uh, looked into the details of, of whether he knew about um, his, uh, his um, assistant coach, um, allegedly abusing his wife in 2015. What they came back with is they suspended him for three games, and then after that, Urban Meyer will return to Ohio State. Three games? Three games. What is that? Is that a slap on the wrist? Uh, for Ohio State, yeah. I mean, like that seems like a slap on the wrist. Joe Paterno basically died for, <laughs> for the same thing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand it, though. People are outraged, aren't they, at this? I, I was looking at it online. Everybody was really upset. Does anybody actually think that was a severe a punishment? This doesn't seem like a severe punishment at all. I don't understand how they came up with three-game suspension. It's ridiculous. I mean, that they... Um, what's the lesson there? Like, what's that going to do for him? What's that going to do for anybody? It just seems like kind of a way to mitigate it. Um, I, don't, I don't know what the exact findings were, but um, all I know is that he will be coaching during the Michigan game um, in November, so um, I do look look forward to the opportunity to crush him. Oh, wow. um, as do I. I read people then, online who's like he should she should have been suspended for the top games, <laughs> the ones in November, October. Well, now we can we can see the the look on his face when that happens. You know, at least. Yeah, but I, I don't understand how they justify. Who made that decision? The, the school, the, the committee of Ohio State. Yeah, uh, they're probably. I don't know what their elections are like, like how they get voted in or whatever. But this is not going to be good for them. It does seem ridiculous. But anyways, hey, um, another reason to not like Ohio State. <laughs> that's true. So we're going to discuss Cohen and Manafort today. We also have a, another crazy crime that happened in Florida. Every week it happens in Florida, and we're purposely not choosing this, but no, it does. I think there's something in the water in Florida. Not. I mean, I love Florida. But there's always weird stories that happen from there. We should probably rename this segment like Crazy Crime of the Week in Florida. Crazy yeah. Florida Crime of the Week. Crazy Florida Crime of the Week. I remember I went to Tampa once and they said they hated – I went there like on a uh, – what was it? Not a bachelor party. Just like a group trip with a bunch of guys from college. Yeah. And they hated us in Tampa and we couldn't understand it. They said, look, Florida, Tampa, it's a transient place. You have people from all over that are coming here. It's a lot of weird individuals. We don't want to be with anybody else from the rest of the country. We do our own thing here. And I said, huh. It didn't hit me at the time, and then I realized that now you guys really do your own thing Yeah, people just go there for either the weather, taxes, or um, just, I don't know, retirement, I guess. Yeah, and I think this is the second 
maybe the second case that we're covering that has involves an animal in Florida. Yeah, so we'll go into it later, but basically a guy lit a raccoon on fire in his backyard, so we'll, we'll discuss the details. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I feel bad for the raccoon, but uh, I mean, who hasn't done that? I'm yeah, really but, but before we get to that, we also have other legal, big legal news this week. It was Jesse Weber's birthday. Oh my gosh. So... In honor of his birthday, we have a huge birthday gift. Oh I, I really, my gosh. I, I really splurged on this one. Oh, this is a surprise! Oh, red velvet cake. Yeah. So we got, we got. Oh, thank you. We I went, appreciate we, we, it. We went, we went big. Oh my gosh! For everybody, this is actually live right now. It's a beautiful piece of red velvet cake. It looks like it has the makings of Speedy's Deli. <laughs> <laughs> really, thank you so much. I appreciate this. I'm, that, actually, I'm legitimately surprised. It was actually a deli. We're close. A deli in Koreatown, about a block over. Oh, yeah. I know that place. Yeah, that's great. Oh, Andrew, thank you. This is this is really sweet. So we're gonna listen live for the next thirty minutes as Jesse eats this and finishes it. Sean Paul Manavar. You know, it was funny. I did a post on social media that I, I was. I said, "57 never looks so good." People legitimately thought I was 57 years old. They just don't have a sense of humor, I guess. Either that or I am clearly not moisturizing enough. <laughs> I don't know which, what it is. But, Andrew, thank you very much. Let's get into actual the law and what we are going to talk about. Now, we're going to talk about Cohen and Manafort. But just as a disclaimer, there is so much to talk about with this. There's so much history. And Andrew and I are not going to sit here and act like we're experts on everything that happened with their whole situation. We're basically going to talk about this from a high-level overview. For anybody who doesn't know, Michael Cohen was President Trump's former lawyer. Some people have classified him as his fixer. He took care of the jobs, took care of the deals that he wouldn't have assigned to a big law firm, those small kind of deals, those secret kinds of things. Paul Manafort was President Trump's campaign manager for a short period of time. Both of these advisors to the president in the same week— on the same day, and as we talked about, probably within an hour, both became criminals. Paul Manafort was on trial for bank fraud, tax fraud. He's going to in Virginia, and he's facing a second trial in September. This is all in relation to work that he did on behalf of a Ukrainian candidate uh, who was a pro-Russia candidate. And while you may be saying, what does this have to do with Russia? It was prosecuted by the Mueller team because he because it's kind of related to Russia. This is a, it was about his work related to Russian contacts, but it had nothing to do with the actual collusion case. Having said that, he was found guilty by a jury of his peers of for eight of the 18 charges he faced, including bank and tax fraud, faces many years many years in prison. At the same time, Michael Cohen pled guilty in court in New York. He was not prosecuted by Mueller's team. This was about the – it was assigned from Mueller's team to the U.S. Attorney's Office. It has absolutely nothing to do with Russia. He pled guilty to multiple counts of bank and tax fraud related to – this is weird. This is an attorney who had side businesses, including a taxi business. Mm. And when he tried to get loans, he would overstate the value of his assets in order to get these loans. And he's also been accused of hiding income from his taxi business. But he also, right as a little bit of a sprinkle on top, you take that beautiful cake of bank and tax fraud and sprinkled it on top with pleading guilty to campaign finance violations. And that is where President Trump comes in because in this plea deal that he took or his plea agreement, 
He said he engaged in these campaign finance violations at the direction of a candidate for office. And who could that be? Hmm. Oh, wow. Gary Johnson? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's obviously means President Trump. And what he's talking about is the payments that were made. Uh, I guess I have to say, not allegedly, payments that were made mm. to two women, Karen McDougal and Stormy Daniels, that were made 150000 130000 in order for them to not come forward with their affairs. And he is saying that those were payments that were made to help the campaign because if they came out with their stories during the middle of the campaign, that would have hurt President Trump's uh, election chances. Now, this is a big revelation because we've been going back and forth over months of whether or not this was campaign contribution. Uh, was it just to help President Trump's personal life? Well, he just pled guilty to this, said it was to help the campaign, and now we're going to talk about it. You want me to start off? Yeah, you start off, yeah. Let's start off with Cohen. Yeah. What's the goal here? Is the goal to have President Trump in jail or kicked out of office? The problem is with the campaign finance violations, even if you impeach him, he gets thrown out of office, and then Mueller's team indicts him, and he's convicted. Mm. Campaign finance violations, even if Cohen pled guilty to this, usually the punishment is fines. If it's the Department of Justice feels like there's a willful violation, they may decide to prosecute and get, um, uh, you know, jail time. I think you might serve five years in prison. But that is really rare from what I've read about campaign finance violation. Yeah. It's not a sexy thing. Like, I feel like the big takeaway from this week was basically two of Trump's close confidants were found guilty of crimes. Right. And, and that says something about the president. That he's surrounding himself with those people. Yeah. And then and in addition, it seems like Trump it was part of these payments made to Karen McDougal and Stormy Daniels. There's, there seems to be more evidence of that now since, since Cohen is taking a plea deal. Also, just to add another story on top of it this week, David Pecker, who's the head of AMI, who the, that was part of the whole entire Karen McDougal deal, he's the one who basically bought her story rights so that they can never run, run that story anywhere else. He was granted immunity in this situation. So the fact that he took that immunity says something too. Same thing with the Alan Weissenberg. He's yeah, the CFO. CFO. Yeah, yeah, he got immunity too. Now this is where it gets interesting. Mm -hmm. If all they're going to say is corroborate the campaign finance violation, yes. But if they have other information about President Trump, that's where things get interesting. Look, this isn't a John Grisham novel. It's not like people have evidence that President Trump covered up an assassination, which would be really breaking news. Yeah. Campaign finance violations? How many candidates have broken the law in regards to this? Probably a lot. I mean, Probably a lot. Did he know? Did he know about the disclosure requirements because he made these payments and didn't disclose them as a campaign contribution? Does he know the law? No, he doesn't know the law. Right. Yeah. Now, it, that's why it doesn't really get me that much. It's not doesn't feel like it matters. But having said that, the idea that the president was involved in a conspiracy to break the law, to do something illegal, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, but if you get to what that conspiracy was about, you know, I think a lot of the country, when it's all said and done, is not going to care as much about it as it's being made out to be right now in the media. Is he going to so, lose any supporters? I don't think so, because basically all that, all that kind of what came out this week is that there was a more likely chance that he was involved in campaign finance violations and paying off women who... He, had, he allegedly had affairs with and didn't want that to get out. I think people knew that already. Like, that's not, yeah. that's not, that's not a surprise. 
People were probably severe. I know I was surprised. Oh, that's a campaign finance violation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't. I thought that was just standard practice from any politician. Right. Yeah. I. I but here's the thing: is it enough to for? If, let's th- take a step back. Mueller's team is going to come soon with a report about Russian collusion and probably these campaign finance violations. Mm. They're going to present that report to Congress, and Congress is going to have to act. Congress is a two-tier system. The House would have to impeach, and the Senate would have to remove. Am I correct with that? Yeah. Right. The chances that um, people in the House and Senate are going to take decisive action based upon campaign finance violations, is that a high crime and misdemeanor, which is the language in the impeachment uh, wording in the statute, is that really a high crime and misdemeanor to warrant that? I mean, I think a lot is going to depend on the election in the fall. Like, how is that? What is going to be the structure of the House and Senate after that election happens? Because if it doesn't change much, it might be difficult for an impeachment to get through. Um, obviously, I think there's probably some gray area in what a high crime and misdemeanor is. It can be interpreted different ways. But if Democrats are uh, are elected to more positions than they hold right now, they'll have an easier time pushing that through. It's such a chess game, isn't it? Yeah. It's such 100%. a chess game. And I think he's a little worried for the first time, President Trump. And, I think and, he's worried. And also from what we've been hearing, just to tie in, just to tie in all our episodes here, basically, we, just, yeah. you know, we touch on the biggest topics on Guys Who Law. We're like, uh, we're like a season of Game of Thrones. It all ties <laughs> in the final episodes. This is kind of like the final episode of Game of Thrones. But I'm going to touch on Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh still hasn't been confirmed. Right. And this gives even more reason why they want to push off that confirmation because there has been talk that Kavanaugh is unwilling to prosecute presidents while they're in office. Democrats don't like that. They don't want someone on the Supreme Court who might decide that. I don't think you – I think the law is split whether you can even do that. You can even indict a president. I, 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 the, from the majority that I've read, they say that legally you can't do that. Well, you the DOJ's to, position is not that you can't do that right now. Right. There, are some, there seem to be some maybe possibly minor exceptions. Either way, if it came to that scenario, it would probably go to the Supreme Court. So that's why who holds that seat in the Supreme Court is very important. Could they, could they say, hey, listen, Congress – we don't want your selection. We will not impeach you if you if you instead remove Kavanaugh and put in a, um, a nomination that we like better. The Democrats. That's an inter- interesting negotiation tactic. Art of the deal. <laughs> Art of the deal. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah. Do, do you think he had any idea when he was running for office that this was going to happen? I mean, he, he. I don't think he's surprised right now because he. It's a it's a dirty business these days. He just brushes everything off, you know, misdirects people. He tries to have them so focus on other things. And I honestly think that's what's probably going to happen with this. I mean, this is very, very interesting because two of his – this is like the first time his close confident, conf- confidants had been convicted of something while he was president of the United States. Yeah. and, and That and, seems like a big deal. And now there's a question of like what will they say? Manafort, based upon what Trump is saying, I don't think Manafort has any information to help – Mueller's team or anybody like that. He's more concerned, I think, with Cohen. I mean, if you listen to Trump when he talks about Manafort, he's like, really sad situation about him. When the when both of these situ- when both the Manafort guilty verdict and the Cohen plea deal happened, and Trump came off that plane and spoke with reporters, he only spoke to, about Manafort. He never said one word about Cohen. Do you think? Do you think he'll pardon any of either of them? C- 
Cohen doesn't want a pardon, and I don't know why he keeps saying that. I th first for Manafort, I think he's going to wait to see what happens in the September trial. Hmm. Manafort's going to be in jail anyway. He was remanded to jail for the September case because he tried to influence witnesses. His bail was revoked. So whatever happened in this Virginia case, whether he was guilt found guilty or not, he was still going to be in jail. He's still in jail. I think he's going to wait for the, the September ruling. Um, if they find him guilty, he might pardon him right there and then. I mean, it's, it wouldn't be a really good look for him, but pardon, pardoning like his close confidants that you, you think know, he cares. I mean, you, you think he really cares what people think? I think he does care what people think. Yeah. I think he does care what people think, but in this way. But Cohen is more interesting. He keeps saying, I don't want to pardon. I don't want to pardon. I feel like Cohen's one of those guys who got bullied by Trump for such a long time that he's kind of like that in like high school. He's finally standing up for himself, and he just doesn't care the ramifications. I think he just it. wants to protect like his family at this point and you know make sure they're taken care of. And Trump's you know thrown him under the bus multiple times since he was no, no longer his attorney. Right. Um, he recently said he goes, he was not a good attorney. I mean, when you probably get get videotape of Trump saying that he was an excellent attorney. And, and Cohen probably knows this guy's like deepest, dark, darkest secrets. He was around for like forever. So do you think he's, Cohen is going to speak with prosecutors? Do you think he's going to speak with the Mueller team and the U.S. Attorney's Office about information that he has to, so that he doesn't get jail time or reduce jail time? And if that's the case, why did he plead guilty in the first place? Well, one, I think he is is going to. I don't know what it's going to be about. Um, I mean, obviously, the campaign finance stuff about um, what happened with that AMI payment and Karen McDougal. He'll give more information on that. But may, I don't know if there's any uh, anything else that might be incriminating for Trump. Um, you know, even though this was a New York-based trial, um, the New York attorney reports to Jeff Sessions, the attorney general. So. Oh, and we know that Jeff Sessions and Trump are having such a good time together. <laughs> so it, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's such a weird. Um, it's such a weird trust game. You know, speaking of Mueller, do you ever notice when you never know where he is? He's yeah. a little bit like Ca Carmen San Diego and a little bit like Kaiser Soze. You, we hear his name. We speak about him. Do you, we don't see videotape of him walking out of a room or yeah. leaving a building. No one knows where he is. Like I can just see him on like uh, video conference calls, having like a black. A black <laughs> What's the latest? <laughs> like like his, his voice is masked. His face is masked. I kind of see him like dot like. Um, you ever see the old James Bonds with Blofeld? He's got a cat. Yeah. He's stroking a cat. No one sees his face. Yeah, well, it's Mr. Bigglesworth. That's the parody of right. it. Yeah. Tell me, U.S. attorney. <laughs> what do you have on M Michael Cohen? Yeah, you don't see him speak publicly a lot. No. I, I, when I Googled him or YouTubed him, there was always old videos of him. Yeah. His voice doesn't match his face, by the way. If you ever look at him, his voice really doesn't match his face. Honestly, I can't even recall what his voice sounds like because I haven't. I, he, he, he doesn't speak publicly a lot, but yeah. his face... It, to be honest with you, I, I am intimidated by it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good thing you don't have any information on, on Trump because you would cave in a second. I would be so intimidated. Dark room by <laughs> you and Mueller. Yeah. I, uh, this is a big win, though, for Michael Avenatti. He yeah. loves this. Well, he isn't, loves he, isn't he considering this. running for president now? Is he really? I heard that, yeah. <sighs> I mean, if he definitely... Didn't get in, into this for the for the good of Stormy Daniels. <laughs> what I find funny, he's a lawyer who doesn't want to be a lawyer. He wants to be a celebrity. He, didn't he just go to the VMAs? He wants okay. to be a president. He's dating, He's like the most eligible bachelor in New York. Yeah. So many times lawyers don't want to be. I think it was the same thing with Michael Cohen. Yeah. He's like, oh, I do a little league work, but I'm more. I, I handle these taxi businesses. I'm more of a fixer. He's a problem solver. Yeah. I'm Michael Clayton. Yeah. You know. And most attorneys are trying to be not attorneys. 
No, but Cohen's like the better, the better call Saul of Trump. Yeah, he's the better. <laughs> and and uh, Manafort, I, I feel bad in the sense that look, they both broke the law, but it wasn't law. It wasn't anything. They didn't really hurt anybody. Isn't that nice that we can finally say that they both broke the law? Yeah, you know more allegedly. Alleged anymore. Yeah, it's they nice both are criminals. They both broke the law. But what they did was they didn't defraud anybody. They didn't hurt anybody per se. They were convicted of financial crimes, which are very serious. But I also wor- like I think ba- I feel bad for Michael Cohen's kids. You know, I think about oh, yeah. that, and I think about Manafort's family, his wife. At the same point, it's hard to feel bad for them because they knew what they were doing. Yeah, it was an abuse of power. But I'm sure the families were cognizant of it when it was happening. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, a bad situation all around, but. In terms of the Trump part of it, um, it, it, it is. A, it seems like a big deal that, like his, well, like I said, that his that his fr- close friends with quotation marks were convicted. But you know that it was just about campaign finance stuff that of things that came to light doesn't seem as important to me. Do you think that he's going to get impeached? No. Okay. So, do you think that when if he doesn't get reelected? Mm. Or if he does get reelected and leaves office, mm. do you think they're going to save all these crimes and prosecute him for something? After the fact? I don't know what the statute of limitations is. I don't know if there's a time limit on it. But what's the goal? I, see, I think Mueller's team is like, our goal is to get him out of office. Yeah, but don't, I feel like don't get him on campaign finance stuff like that. Then yeah. maybe they're looking at Cohen and the CFO for right. more information. CFO knows his finances so well. That's what I think. They, I think it has to be more substantial. Like if you're like tax guy, evasion. Yeah, something that um, yeah would would have more in the country and upset. Yeah, I'll tell you this right now. I don't care if you hate Trump or you like him. Having a president impeached and then uh, indicted sounds like the worst thing in the world. No, I don't, it's not good for our country either. It's not either. good for our country. It's, I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's good. But uh, there are people who love this. There are people who love what happened this week. Yeah. I mean, I would love not to have to question the integrity of the president. president. Like, listen, there's been other presidents that I'm not a fan of, but I didn't think they should be impeached. Yeah. Like, I don't want <laughs> that for anybody. They were elected. If you don't want them, don't vote for them again in the next coming election. That should be the process. All right. But what is interesting is he's not a president. This is an American Idol where you have somebody, they sing a bad song, one week they, they're great, and then the next week they're voted out. Right. This is He has supporters who realistically will not abandon him no matter what he does. He could cheat on his wife. The only thing I think they wouldn't like is if he... No, they wouldn't like the collusion. If, if that you think out. that would be it? They... they his supporters are very patriotic. Like, if they find, found out that we were – there was hard evidence that he was colluding with, with, with Russia, I think that would take some of them over the edge. Yeah, I noticed when he gave that press conference with Putin and yeah. didn't stand up to him, people were really upset. People yeah. who supported him were really upset. But the campaign finance stuff, payments payments to these women, I don't think that they're going to be up in arms about it necessarily. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm going to say this too. This election coming up um, in November – it's going to be harder than people think. I feel like a lot of Democrats think that this should be easy, that we should be taking a lot of seats back. Yeah. It's not going to be that easy. Just, it, nothing's different from 2016. Yeah. Don't be shocked if it's going to be a red wave. His supporters are still angry. Like, yeah. They're going to come out to vote. So, they, you know, Democrats need to be prepared. Well, look, if you listen to Fox News, um, the only reason I'm saying this is because 
take away all the Russia stuff, all the Cohen stuff, all the Manafort stuff, all the Avenatti stuff, and you look at his policies, there are people like you're not focusing on the good that he's done. And there are some his supporters are focusing on that. They like the way the economy is. They like the relationships he's made with other countries. They like it. Whether And so they're looking at that and they're thinking, you're distracting all the way from what's really affecting my life. Does Cohen and Manafort affect your life? No. Do taxes affect your life? Yes. So there are people who are going to look at him and say, I don't care about all this stuff. What's happening to my life? That's it. I mean, that's going to be interesting, though, too. Like, are the candidates, when, when Trump's up for re-election, re- are they going to focus more on this, um, you know, um, impeachment stuff and, 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 and these potential crimes he's been involved with? Or are they going to get to the issues and say, well, he really hasn't helped that much in taxes or the economy or our international relationships? I don't know what's going to be more effective. 2020 is going to be brutal in the sense of, like, the campaign ads, the back and forth between him and the Democratic candidate. Yeah, you know, can you just see it about him? <laughs> people making fun of him and Cohen and Manafort and saying this is who you surround yourself with. Yeah. I mean, but that's a long time away. Who knows what's gonna Guys happen? Guys, who was gonna have a lot to talk about then? A lot to talk about. Funny note: it was my birthday, and my cousin bought me Omarosa's book. Oh wow! Did you start yeah. reading it? I read the back cover, oh, wow. and I was talking about how President Trump uh, is not mentally there anymore. <laughs> I'm more. I want to read it. I'm gonna. I'm actually excited to read it. Yeah. At the same time, how do I know any of it's true? Is it just an interesting? St- you know what I mean? I'll probably sue her for, de- sue her for defamation. Yeah, and I want to read it. I want everything to be true because I want to be. But also, if it's just all fake, what am I just being entertained with fake stories? Yeah, fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Um, should we rate this now? Yeah, let's rate it. Let's rate it. Okay. Um, you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. All right. So I'm gonna give this an eight. Okay. And one hand, like I said, it doesn't affect everyone's life like a, a big policy like the draft would, you know, or mm. taxes. But this concerns our president. This all concerns our president. And if this means that he may be removed and possibly indicted on criminal charges, that's a big deal because we are all part of the same country. Whether you say he's not my president or not, he really is your president. And you could hate him. You could not vote for him. But he, you live in this country, and if you were a citizen, he is technically your president, so it is going to affect your life. Yeah, I'm going to give this an 8.2. I feel like this moment has been building up for a while. We finally got some sort of conclusion of what was happening with Cohen and Manafort. A conclusion in, in that they were convicted, not a conclusion about what Cohen might have known for, you know, and what, what he's going to tell uh, the prosecutors. But either way... This might be something that make, would make it easier for um, Congress to justify an, an impeachment, um, which is an, a, a big deal with the campaign finance stuff, et cetera. Um, and that two of Con- two of Trump's close confidants were convicted um, while he was president of the United States, were also directly involved in this campaign, um, is very notable too. <laughs> Two qu- two more follow up questions. What do you think Melania's thinking of all this? Now sh- it's confirmed boy, that boy, he made Donald, the- Donald. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, you now you you pay money to <laughs> shut girl up. That's a really bad Melania impression. Yeah. I- and then I was thinking, just think about Cohen and Manafort in jail. What's that like for them? They'd hate them. I, who do you think would be would get it worse in jail? Oh, Cohen. Really? Manafort. 
There's like pictures of him whenever they do B-roll of yeah. him looking in the corner. <laughs> Have you ever seen it? It's so creepy. I would, I think he's a little <laughs> sinister, and I think he's older, so yeah. people would be like, okay, Cohen. Oh, I don't know. Don't I, 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 I thought Cohen here. might get it easier in jail. No <laughs> way. Just but I don't know what kind of prison they'd go to. Oh, they go to. He's Manafort's kept in pretty high. Really? In a, yeah. The jail he's in right now is he's waiting the September trials filled with terrorists. <laughs> he's doing okay. Hey. But Cohen's not going to fare well. That's a good question. I saw Cohen at a restaurant about a year and a half ago. Before all this yeah. started? Yeah. Someone said that's Trump's attorney. I was like, oh, I don't know who that is. He was at a restaurant with his wife. Huh. Um, I was like, oh, <laughs> who's that guy? Yeah. No one knows him. Now everybody knows. Now everybody knows. Okay. Next story. So next story, crazy Florida crime of the week. Ezra James, an 88-year-old man from Palm Bay, Florida. Can I interrupt you right there? Yeah. Ezra. What a great name. It is. Very biblical. Very biblical. All right. I wonder if you could legally change your name to Ezra at a later point in your life. Because Andrew's a great name, but to be an Ezra when you're 80, oh, you're just kidding. Andrew's kind of biblical, too, if you want to be technical. Yeah, but, yeah. at the you know, if you're going for 5 o'clock dinners at the bagel place, would you rather be <laughs> Andrew or would you rather be Ezra? Ezra! <laughs> Ezra! Oh. Good to see you. I have a buddy, one of my best friends is named Ira. And oh. he, he's killed the Mahjong game. Ira. Before. Ira. <laughs> Please continue, sorry. So Ezra was so fed up with the local wild raccoons eating his mangoes that he trapped one in his backyard and set it on fire. James said in response to his neighbor who called the cops on him, my business is my business. James was charged with a single count of animal cruelty before posting $2,000 bail, according to jail records. James said, I'm not going to catch no more because I learned my lesson. No, I'm done with that. Full circle, guy who broke the law, Tried to defend himself, then realizes that he was wrong. How do you light it on fire? Did it, like a flamethrower? Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. Like a match? I'm not sure. Seems just like one of Elon Musk's flamethrowers. What is this? An episode of like Looney Tunes? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Uh, Caddyshack? I mean, this is, a, this is a pretty crazy crime, I gotta be honest. Yeah. Um, but mangoes are good. I I'd mean, be upset. This is his property, though. Like, do you, are you, do you have the right to protect your own property? Yeah, mangoes are delicious. And they're really good in Florida, too. Fantastic. And yeah. if I, uh, what is it, a squirrel? What was raccoon. It? If a raccoon is eating my mangoes, I'd be really, be really upset. Why, that didn't sound that great. <laughs> but we're going to go with it. But if this raccoon is eating my mangoes, it's, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you got to protect your, your land somehow. Um, yeah. Maybe pesticides next time. He took an oath to, sw- to protect his property from enemies, both foreign and domestic. <laughs> It was a foreign species that came into his backyard. Can't, yeah, it was. Can't, can't be there. D- did, the, did the raccoon die? Um, I'm, I'm guessing if it didn't die, it probably is severely injured and <laughs> might die earlier I than feel, it would have been expected to. I feel really to. bad for the raccoon. I do, too. I don't really know raccoons very well just because like, I don't interact with them that much. But, you know, I guess they scavenge a, a good amount. I remember... Um, my mom would always see the raccoons in our backyard, yeah. and she—I would hear her screaming when she took the trash out. Okay, so that's what they, they hang would, out. They would run out. Yeah. She goes, raccoon just jumped on me. <laughs> we, we had with a lot of deer in our backyard. They would always. Just Those are pretty, there. though. They are pretty. Um, Wait, in New Jersey? In New Jersey, deer everywhere. 
That's a thing. Yeah. We have a lot of raccoons in Long Island. R- raccoons. Tons. Yeah. We've had a couple, but I've seen way more deer than that. They have the eyes of, you know, when you take a picture at night and your the eyes. eyes? Is, yeah. The red? Is that, is that what, that's what it came, I think comes like from? Vampire eyes, raccoon eyes, yeah. Yeah, because when you take pictures and your eyes are red, they're called raccoon eyes. It'd be great to take a picture with a raccoon and you both have the same. That's true. All I know eyes. is that I was always warned as a child that they have rabies. Yeah. I wonder if that was an old wives' tale, though. I know. I wonder if they actually have rabies. Go get bit. We'll see what happens to you next yeah. episode. And one of my friends told me this week, this is way off topic, that there's actually like no way to live. Like only one person has ever lived after getting rabies. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't think that's that true. That sounds not true, but. That sounds like a, a made up fact. A friend told me that this week. Yeah. That, there are people who've gotten, who've gotten shot in the head and survived. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's more people than, than one guy or one woman in the world who survived from rabies. Yeah, rabies has been around forever. I would think the medical profession has found some sort of solution for it. What about the person that had to prosecute this crime? <laughs> you go to law school. I, I think they would kind of enjoy it that it's a little out of the norm. Yeah. Imagine doing an opening statement. <laughs> Imagine you're a raccoon. It's almost like the my cousin Vinny. Imagine you're a deer walking, getting a little swing, and bam, you get shot in the head. Animal cruelty. I bet PETA was all over this. Yeah. That is messed up. This guy didn't even – this is so aggressive. He didn't try to shoot the raccoon or take a, a broom Lit the raccoon on fire? I'd watch out for this guy for future crimes. Yeah. I mean, this was kind of like a form of arson, too, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So no rating on this one, but just an interesting crime. Yeah. I think we learned a lot today. We did learn a lot. Yeah. Um, So that's it for today. We we had Manafort Gate, Cone Gate, Florida Mound Gate. We're going to go on a little hiatus next week, but um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll we'll be back the week after.